0: Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Moving Up the Ladder, a show that gives you some knowledge and insight into improving your stock, no matter what part of the employment spectrum you might fall on. With LocalJobNetwork.com Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Today's show zeroes in on leaders building trust within their organization, particularly with the people they work with on a daily basis. Now, there are many benefits and aspects of trust to examine, so to help us gain the proper perspective, we have Nan Russell joining us today. Nan has done a little bit of everything in her career, over 20 years experience in leadership positions, including the vice president of a multi-billion dollar company, author of three books, a workplace consultant, and a blogger for Psychology Today. So Nan, thanks for taking some time to be with us today.
1: It's my pleasure. Thanks, Tim, for having me.
0: Now, obviously, I listed off a bunch of things there and um, plenty of pedigree on your end. But if you could just briefly describe your experiences in the world of employment and kind of some of the things you're doing now as well.
1: Well, I think my first experience with the world of employment was I got fired after my first professional job. So that put me on a different path, <laughs> right. which which really has given me perspective to learn the hard way. And I, and I think one of the things that's been helpful to me is exactly that and having opportunities to do things like transform corporate culture. And really get interested in sort of the people and the business side. And and today I have to say I'm a very fortunate person. I am living a life dream to work and write from the mountains of Montana, and uh, I'm out and about doing lots of consulting and speaking. And I get to write a lot, and it's it's great.
0: You have all these different experiences, obviously, and, and perspectives, and that's one of the reasons that it was intriguing to have you on as a guest. So. Your article that I kind of looked at that drew me to you, so to speak, it focuses um, a lot on ideas of trust in the workplace. Um, All of your articles, in in fact, the blog is Trust, the New Workplace Currency. Can you articulate a little bit what what you mean by trust being the new workplace currency?
1: Well, you know, this whole concept of what's changed at work over the last few years and particularly with the Great Recession – Coupled with the way in which the world has changed and the fact that we can't really differentiate a real picture from one that's been computer wizardry, sure. it, it happens at work too. You know, we see the headlines about greed and misdeed, we see manipulation, we see all, all sorts of things. And what we know is that. There is a trust deficit in the workplace, just like there's a trust deficit in much of society. And so what has become a common component to helping people see the impact of what's going on in the workplace is this element that, we can no longer get the discretionary uh, ideas or discretionary efforts from people unless we build trust with them. People will show up and do what's being asked, but that's about all that's happening right now when 70% of employees still remain disengaged at work.
0: When you bring up an interesting thought there, how obviously it's it's a change and it's almost seems hard to find areas where that trust is, you know, accepted or, or even... Um you know, looked for, I guess. So quickly, would you see where, or why, or when this type of thing happened? Any particular reason for it that you, that you've maybe come across or experienced yourself?
1: The main reason that that really has shifted the dynamic significantly is the Great Recession. That mm. the contract between employees and employers was broken, and with that has been this identification that now trust is the number one, trustworthiness is the number one factor that people are looking for at work. And the statistic that's out there currently is 12% of people think their leaders are. Wow. so we have this major shift where people used to think if I come to work and I work hard, it's going to work out for me too. Mm -hmm. And they've realized that, you know, things aren't exactly the way they thought they were going to be. And that's a broken trust in a a major way.
0: Sure. So then with that, obviously, you brought up the idea of um, people's thoughts on their leaders or management. Uh, That's part of the reason, obviously, we brought you on. So when we talk about people who are in leadership position, whether it be, all the way to the top of an organization, or it could just be a you know a supervisor. When we're talking about trust, what are the simple basics? I mean, if you were just to quick break it down for somebody that they should be working with, or that even you know employees would expect that they have in terms of trust.
1: The three basics are, are pretty simple. The first is that, contrary to popular belief, in order to get trust, you make give it. It's not about earning trust; it's about giving trust, okay. and that's what starts trust first. Effective communication is the second kind of key to trust and and how you create a dialogue with people. And the third is to be able to authentically show up.
0: I guess maybe it's something we'll touch on later, but can you elaborate a little on authentically show up?
1: There is this whole concept about you know what you see is what you get. And because we can't really differentiate a lot of what's real and what's not right now in, in our environment, people are looking for people who are what they say they are, who sure. Um, are consistent in their behavior.
0: So with even with those basic trust ideas, effective leaders need to develop that um, you know on a regular basis. And as you mentioned, those three basics, there are certain ways that maybe that's brought about or shown. So let's touch on a few of those. Again, a lot of this um, you, know, you touched on in, in your articles, but the first areas that you kind of look at are the ideas of being good at what they do and being passionate about their work. And that's obviously kind of a general vague idea, but is there a way you can maybe articulate a little bit what that means specifically or how that might look in the workplace?
1: The first one about being good at what you do has to do with this basis of performance trust. If I can't trust you as my boss or my leader or my coworker who I'm working with uh, in some kind of collaborative effort, if I can't trust you to, to kind of do your end of it mm-hmm. to be good at what you do then i'm less likely to want to follow you or to be engaged with you so that that's competence is kind of key sure. and is the litmus test i think for for credibility and and this concept of passion you know passion's one of these words that people get kind of confused with a lot of other things and and we think sometimes it's it's the person who's really a cheerleader or really out there. Uh, passion can can be just a, a very simple way of people understanding that you have an immense commitment and and skin in the game. You you are involved and focused on something that you believe you can make happen and have the ability to make that happen.
0: All right, well then Moving to the next kind of portion of it, I I thought this was an interesting one. You phrase this part of being an effective leader um, as far as building trust, that operating with self-awareness, when you say that, what does that mean for somebody in a work setting? I think we all have an idea of ourself, of what self-awareness is. When you're in a work setting, and in a leadership position, what is your thought on self-awareness?
1: Self-awareness is, is really, it, it's referred to a couple of ways, um, but it has to do with the alignment between what you say and what you do. And it's also referred to as behavioral integrity. And and so when you're aware that how you come across and the actions that you take are impacting other people, then you're self-aware. And that awareness can really influence the ability for people to see you as trustworthy. But unfortunately, what happens many times is it's the simple things. Like, we're pretty good at the big things to right. be more self-aware. It's the little things that we're not so good at. So so if I hit reply all on one of those terrible chains of an email message <laughs> that goes to everybody's boss. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm not being self-aware that that is really creating dark side politics and saying, I don't trust you. And so I have to, you know, create this. Thing. And if I, you know, type in all caps, I'm saying, I'm yelling, I'm shouting, and I'm creating. These are the things that, um, as simple as they sound, create a sense of, I don't trust you. And it's distrust when people do those kinds of things.
0: Now, do you think with some of those things that happen, it's intentional or it's completely unintentional and the person just isn't realizing that it's happening? I mean, I guess you could argue it happens both ways. But what would you see as more common? It's an unintentional portrayal that they give off or they're almost trying to send some sort of message like that?
1: I think for the most part, most people are very well-intentioned. And I don't think that any leader out there who wants to get results would deliberately want to sabotage the ability to do that. And yes, that you know, there's anger. There's some of those reactions that we have at work. But no, for the most part, we just aren't thinking.
0: So another way that you've talked about in which leaders cultivate that trust is through active listening. Um, how can a leader demonstrate that they're truly listening to others thoughts ideas concerns I mean obviously you could point to body language things you could point to action and I think a lot of I think a lot of employees and myself included at times you just really wonder if someone's listening or paying attention or if they really care if they're just kind of giving you the time of the day so you feel better and then they go off to do their own thing so how can a leader really show yeah I, I hear you and we're gonna work together
1: well one of the places it starts actually is this whole new etiquette etiquette at work, which is has to do with time, if I respect your time, if I'm on time, if I honor your time, mm-hmm. um, it's a good place to start. And even though that's not thought of as a listening skill, it sets a component that I'm here to use the time in a valuable way. And, and certainly all the logical things that we think of about putting gadgets away and mm-hmm. you know not fiddling with email and looking at screens and all, all those things, it, that element of being present it's so powerful when someone actually is and has the ability to to focus and and we might say you know being silent implies that, but it it doesn't. We can tell the difference between someone who's just getting ready to to talk and someone who is listening to understand. And that means they're asking follow-up questions. They're asking why they're curious. Um, They might use a, a technique called reflective summary, which is kind of parroting back what they think or believe that you said. And it's a dialogue. Those kinds of interchanges even if they're 90 seconds long or memorable right. and they make a real difference about the way people feel that they've been heard.
0: Well with those then I like, say it is that 90 second conversation or, or something to that effect. What sort of positive effect does that have on you know the employee who was speaking or or had that dialogue when they you know when they walk away from that conversation what, what positive vibes or Uh, you know, factors happen because of that.
1: First of all, I I just want to put out a disclaimer, and that is sometimes people think that that when a boss or an individual um, understands what they had to say, that means they agree with them and they're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that can cause distrust because we think we were heard, and it's like, oh, they're going to take that idea and go with it. Right, right. There's a difference between being heard and understood and someone making a decision about that. But what happens specifically to your question is when people feel that they've been seen as an individual, their ideas, their strengths, their uh, their thoughts, it increases commitment. And it makes you feel that the person that you're working with actually sees you other than an interchangeable part. And there is a, a shift, a psychological shift that happens for uh, commitment and engagement.
0: Now, has that been a change over the last, I mean, again, we talk about trust being a, a big change and a big factor now, but in the last, say, 15, 20 years, so to speak, is it a change where the employees so much more at least from my experience want to feel that there is an individuality there that they're not just a number or you know a, not just a per, another person on the assembly line so to speak is that a big Type of cultural change that's happened and that's contributed to this trust idea.
1: Well, I, I think what's happened. Two things have happened. One is that the nature of work has happened, right. um, and therefore most of us don't work in the kind of environments that may have been more, can kind of assembly line or or productive oriented kinds of environments. It's more intellectual property. It's more ideas. It's more engagement and and involvement. And the work itself has changed. And the second is that people have started to see work not as a paycheck alone, but as a way for them to kind of have self-actualization and and excitement in their life and things that they care about. And they want more than just to go in and get a check. They, they want to make a contribution.
0: Going back to the leaders then and these ideas of building this trust, it would seem that having perspective on things, good perspective on overall, just on the company and what's going on is obviously important. So when you're looking at, you know, prosperity or crisis that that person in charge really understands what's going on, why do you feel that perspective piece is so important in building the trust among everyone?
1: Well, I think we've all had those experiences where, you know a boss has just called fire one too many times, sure. and they've said, "You know, you've got to give up your weekend. This has <laughs> to happen. This is the most important thing that ever happened." And when we lose perspective that in the scheme of things, in the the reality of the your whole life, it, it isn't so important. And when people leave that per- lose that perspective, we start to to think they only see us as how we show up at work and not in the bigger picture or the bigger context. And I think for most people, that's not acceptable anymore. You know, people have the way in which they integrate life into their work and work into their life. And they're looking for leaders to to understand that, that they have something beyond the Commitments they have at work.
0: So, what do you think specifically would happen? Then, I mean, you have that, you know, for instance, of a, of a boss, like you said, kind of yelling fire all these times, and um, or maybe it's a constant positive vibe of everything's going great, everything's going great, and then you know, obviously, some somebody's gone or something negative happens. What becomes of of the thoughts and feelings of that leader when that perspective maybe isn't there, or at least the perception is there's no perspective.
1: A couple things. One is if the perception is that the leader is doing this because it's beneficial to them in a personal-only manner. Mm-hmm. So it affects their bonus. It affects something that has to do with them in a win concept. Um, the reaction is very different, and people will, to some extent, kind of turn off to that and, and do what's you know necessary to keep their job but not have that discretionary effort and, and offer their ideas. But if the, the leader is just without perspective but actually, has a, a concept of what I would say a, a more winning philosophy of trying to to grow things for everybody and and really make a contribution to the organization in a big way. Then people tend to recognize that it's a style thing hmm. and not a narcissistic
0: element. Sure. Do you think that plays a big factor? I mean, in terms of style, I know personality is is going to affect people in different ways, but does that become as big a factor as a leader when in terms of having a certain style, whether it be perceived as optimistic or a go-getter or that kind of stuff? I mean, how much does that play a role in the ideas of leadership and trust?
1: Well, the style issue is important in terms of consistency. Okay. So if I'm consistently a jerk and you know I am, <laughs> and, I, and I am with everybody, that's actually better okay. in terms of trust
0: right. than
1: if I'm really nice to you one day and I'm a jerk the next. OK. So we're looking for as people, we're looking for um, an element that says, I know what it's going to be like to show up today and I know how it's going to be. And it's not directed at me personally.
0: I mean, is that an idea? And I know we're, we're kind of going off the path a little bit here, but is that an idea with, you know, if you can trust, obviously, that they're going to be that person and that it gives the employee a certain amount of. I guess, control in that, as you said, one day you go to them and they're one way and the next day you go and they're completely opposite. Is it a little bit about control for the employee and be able to understand really what's going on as opposed to like a guessing game?
1: Yeah, exactly. And and I, I'm then understanding that you're a dependable style and I can adjust my behavior and right. my performance accordingly so that we can work together.
0: And with all this, it kind of leads into the idea of the human element. And because I did mention I think you touch on that with this idea of trust because you're still dealing with people and personalities and as you mentioned, lives. Can you talk a little bit about the idea that you mentioned in building trust, leaders caring about people, wanting the best for others, and even the idea of simply saying thank you or showing their gratitude in some way. Because honestly a lot of people tell me that, you know, these aren't requirements in a business for a leader, because the bottom line is really their goal. So how do you feel these kind of human elements should play a role and are an important role in, in being that trustworthy, effective leader?
1: Well, I think one of the things that's interesting to, for leaders these days is when people start to recognize that being nice and having compassion and seeing the whole person and, you know, saying thank you and helping other people succeed is, is not the soft concepts around business, but actually they're strategic and and not strategic in a a manipulative way, but people show up and do better work for people who care about them. We know that there are four things that followers need. They need trust, compassion, stability, and hope. And when a leader offers those things, um, they're going to do better work. They're going to be more productive. They're going to be engaged. You're going to get the results. In fact, you're going to get tremendously better results when you have those. things happen. So anybody who wants bottom line results, if you see people as a way to help create it in a collaborative teamwork kind of environment, these are the the kinds of ways that you know people need to operate to get those kinds of results.
0: On the flip side then, because we're talking about you know, obviously leaders and managers and anyone in a position of, of power, so to speak, or, or overseeing others, there's a lot of things that they have to take care of. So you also have mentioned that the leaders are, should be managing direction and work, not necessarily managing the people. I guess two parts to that got kind of a question there. How does this build trust and positively affect the employees and organization? When we just got done talking, obviously they, they want that feeling of you know, being cared about and and being appreciated. But in this side of things, it's focusing on the direction and work. So again, just in terms of building the trust and the positive effect that 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 has on employees and, and people who are in leadership, being able to portray that.
1: One of the key things that that helps build trust is when people help other people succeed. Mm-hmm. Because there is a, a sense about the fact that I can trust you because we're in this together and, and you know you're looking out for my interests and vice versa. And one of the the elements that plays into that has to do with this whole sense of what the biggest motivator is in today's workplace sure. and that is making progress in meaningful work. So if I help you Make progress in meaningful work, if I clear bureaucracy, if I get the signatures done, if I help you see the bigger picture, then you're going to feel successful. You're going to trust that I'm looking out for the things that matter to you. And those elements are, are real powerful. But the person who wants to tell you exactly how to do something and take it down to the sort of micromanaging level mm-hmm. um, reduces that trust because now there's the impression that, you know, you don't trust me to to use my strengths and uh, make a contribution at work. So it's a balance. And when you focus on process um, and not people, you achieve that balance much faster and better.
0: I mean, the last aspect I really want to touch on then and I kind of mentioned that I I think it does separate the bad from the good and the good from the great leaders is this idea of seeing beyond the self. So you have the self-awareness portion, but now it's the idea of seeing beyond self. Um, I guess I'll kind of let you paint the picture with what you're describing there.
1: You know, I think it's it's hard sometimes for people to see, depending on the role that they're in, how what they do contributes to the bigger whole. Right. And yet, if we're able to, um, as leaders, make that connection and, and offer the why behind the what, but even in a bigger context. So, you know, there's this real common story that's out there about, you know, the two masons building a brick wall and one of them thinking that he's just slapping bricks every day doing this sort of nothing job, and the other person has a sense of, you know, he's contributing to building a cathedral. That difference and the way that people feel about the contributions that they make, about what their little piece does for the whole, changes the way in which people approach their work and the engagement that they have. And so leaders who can help connect those things for people also connect kind of the heart of and the soul really of the person as well so it's um it's about painting pictures it's about talking about the why's behind the what and and helping people really understand not not in a a fake way but in a reality way of why it is that what they do matters
0: sure Now, would you say this is maybe in general the the most difficult thing to kind of perfect and evaluate if that's going on? And I only ask that because... You know, with some positions, maybe the employees, they are doing the same or similar work every day, and it does just feel like that process. And even for the, the leaders or the people in charge, I mean, you do need to worry about the daily operations and, and productivity as opposed to what's going on you know, down the road. So I guess in terms of its difficulty, where would you rank this idea of seeing beyond the self?
1: I think – that it's not as difficult as it sounds. When we think about it in the context that you and I are talking about it, it sounds difficult. But if you step back and and you think about, your job as a leader, I think, is to create an environment where people can be self-motivated. When you do that, no matter if a person is doing a process-oriented job or not, if you've created that environment, then the person themselves can make that link. And, you know, you can help with that by asking the questions and reinforcing. But if your focus is really on allowing people to be self-motivated, recognizing that you can't really motivate anybody other than that way, then it's much more possible than trying to say, oh, I'm responsible for making all this linkage. You're responsible for vision and painting pictures, but you're also responsible for the environment that you create. And not like the big corporate environment, but the everyday, you know, five or six people kind of environment.
0: Right. Then in terms of that, you said you can't technically, you can't force somebody to be motivated to do something. So any tips for those leaders out there, those people in charge, to sort of help paint that picture or get people thinking in that way or, or feeling that there is something more than just their daily process?
1: A lot of it has to do, I think, with the way in which we are self-aligned and as leaders we model that behavior and we talk about it at work. We talk about the contributions that people make, but not from a word standpoint, from an action standpoint. I mean, you know, we can all say employees are our most valuable asset, but when that's not the reality of what happens every day, then that linkage is much harder (laughs) because people are uh, much smarter than any of (laughs) them. And so I think, I think there's a, a self-assessment that leaders need to make about how their values about people are displayed at work and when they've done that then this connection is much easier and it it's things like having a sense of contribution and service themselves or being ego detached or you know let's say you have this big initiative about you know customer service but I just had this experience I was in Alaska doing a workshop and the guy comes out to help the leader comes out to to help the young woman at the counter and sees this line of 10 people, helps her and leaves. Now, that value of customer service and how important it is was just lost. And that's what this is about. Her value, obviously, her job connection was lost that day. And so was the trust.
0: That's a great example um, to kind of give people an idea. It's hard. Obviously, we're talking in generalities and everybody has different the different ways their companies are set up or different ways their leaders manage. So it's obviously always nice when you can give us that specific idea. You know, with all this stuff with all the idea of trust, we're obviously trying to give, especially these people in leadership positions help or tips or advice, or just kind of showing them how to improve and improve themselves, improve their their employees, improve their company as a whole. So just based on your knowledge, research, experience, What would you point to are the biggest differences between those leaders who have built this trust versus the ones who have maybe failed to create that culture among themselves and their employees?
1: Well, there's some interesting things out in terms of what it does to, to sort of the bottom line. I mean, one of the things we know is that employees that trust their leaders are twice as engaged as employees that aren't. We know that... If you work in a trusting environment and you trust your the people that, that lead you, economists have shown that 38% people believe that it's like getting a 38% uh, increase in pay wow. if you trust the people that you work with. And probably most importantly in this time of economic struggles, um, we know that lack of engagement in employees is causing $416 billion in lost profits for US organizations in the last 12 months. And engagement is specifically tied to trust.
0: Wow. I mean, and those are some big numbers, and I think. It's hard sometimes to relate this abstract idea of trust and engagement to the numbers, but that obviously speaks loudly to how important this this issue is, really.
1: It definitely is. And I think that's one of the things that when people start to recognize and feel that the, the things that are not working well at work, we label them different things. But right now, this era of distrust, especially at work, is one of the, the main Uh, Problems that people need to address.
0: Well, fortunately, that will wrap things up for us here on Moving Up the Ladder. Hopefully, and I pretty much am sure you did, you were able to take away some valuable tips and information from our conversation with Nan Russell. Nan, where can people find out some more about you and your work?
1: They can go to nanrussell.com
0: easy enough. Thanks again for uh, coming on and sharing your knowledge and insight with us today, Nan.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Tim.
0: And of course, it's always great to hear from you, the listeners as well. So please drop us an email with any comments or suggestions at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Yuma. You've been listening to localjobnetwork.com radio.